everyone, this is Tim Pichot with the Liberty Advisor. So we've got a very important episode coming up today. Going back to March 31st, we actually interviewed Dr. Judy Mikovits, and that interview actually never aired. At the time, this was a pretty fluid situation, and the other person in the interview didn't want the channel being taken down over this, and they had very little info about Dr. Judy before the interview. And you know, given what has transpired with the pandemic documentary trailer, that was you know probably you know a pretty prophetic call in terms of the channel being taken down. But you know, there's a lot of great information here that is really changing the news, in my opinion. And in the interest of proper discourse, I think it's important that this interview airs. Now, I was originally going to release this with just my parts and just Dr. Judy's parts without the questions uh, being asked. Uh, because, but you know, what I what I ended up thinking is, you know, hey, if I end up just showing the, the parts with the other person, but without the questions being asked, it's really going to shortchange, uh, you know, you guys, the viewers. So with that said, I've taken a lot of work. Nicole has taken a lot of work to completely edit out the other interviewer who wanted nothing to do with Dr. Judy. And you know, I will say, you know, if you're just coming across her for the first time, she does, you know, sort of appear of having like that sort of, you know, crazy cat lady type vibe. And you know, no offense to the crazy cat ladies out there, but if you don't know her, don't know the inside baseball on her, uh, you know, I've known Dr. Judy for nearly four years because you know, as fate would have it, both of us were back-to-back -back guests every week on Ernest Hancock's program. Uh, you know, I've listened to her spiel, uh, you know, dozens of times, but you know, I wouldn't always, you know, listen after after the show ended because I had things to do. Vaccines weren't really my main deal, and uh, you know, it wasn't. You know, I was mainly focused on financial markets, you know, Bitcoin, crypto, economics. Uh, but now what I see is this this huge push towards mandatory vaccines, and it's so obvious that the U.S. is going to, you know, trot out some sort of universal basic income. Then they're going to have that get tied to some sort of digital dollar and eventually tie that into social engineering and then social credit scores like they've already done in China uh, and mainly it's U.S. companies that have rolled it out in China. And, you know, it's really not too much of a stretch that as part of this social engineering, we're going to see mandatory vaccines as part of your $2,000 per month universal basic income. If this sounds crazy to you, then you really need to watch a lot of the videos that we put out on Change the News because this is the plan. And all of basically parts of these, you know, what I just mentioned are basically parts of this are in bills right now in Congress. Uh, you know, I guess the mandatory vaccine part isn't in Congress yet, but we can see the conditioning for that. We can see them trying to throw up, you know, different types of trial balloons. Um, you know, but anyways, that's enough of me yakking. And what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read the first five questions and then, uh, you know, that's then I ended up taking up taking over uh, from the other interviewer at that point. But these first five questions are from the other interviewer, not from myself. Just want to point that out. And but you know, make sure to subscribe to us on other platforms like BitChute, Library TV, uh, Float.app. I'm at the Liberty Advisor and all those. And uh, question number one. So we got one group of people out there that are saying, you know, not to worry about this. This is nothing more than a flu. And then we have other people that are saying this is very serious. Dr. Judy, what are you seeing and how are you treating the situation? What we're seeing and I'm treating this situation um, um, as a, um, yeah, a, a serious flu in, in the susceptible. And, and in fact, but nowhere near the measures that need to be taken. There's um, no data to support any of the lockdowns or anything like that with, with respect to, you know, actual um, numbers of infections. The correct testing hasn't been done to actually show that 
you know, many, many people who have said to be um, infected and don't get seriously ill as far as um, requiring anything more than simply staying at home with a, with a cough for a few days. Um, those people are recovering and actually making uh, neutralizing antibodies, meaning that the convalescent, the antibodies can actually heal those that are getting sick. So what we probably have here is an infection that has been in our world a lot longer than anyone is telling us. Um, and we would know that if we did the serology, it's called antibody testing, to see if you make IgG, which would mean it's a past infection, and IgM, which means it's an acute or recent infection. That's the test that says, oh, by the way, you're making an antibody, therefore you are immune. So we could be putting, if we were doing this right test for the last three months, the people who can demonstrate immunity can actually go to work and, and, and you know, generate what is known as herd immunity. Um, and, and this is theoretically what all vac vaccines do is generate a herd immunity where the most vulnerable in the community are protected by those who get the infection and never get the disease and produce an immunity to it. That, that's the definition. And by locking people down and keeping them out of work, we don't have that happening. Now, yeah, couple, all right, question two. Studies show people that get this uh, over and over again, there's people out there getting it over and over again, about 14 to 17% of them are getting this again. We also have new info saying that there are potentially eight strains of this. Right. What are you saying to countries that aren't taking this seriously, like, like you are saying, because you're not taking this seriously, and what are you saying to countries like Spain, Iran, Italy, that are getting ravaged by this coronavirus because they prioritize tourism and making money over taking this seriously, and we can see where they are now. It's not not taking it seriously. It's not overdoing it. As I said, so let's just say Italy, because that's the situation I know most about. In Italy, um, what started happening at the beginning of 2019 is the vaccination with a flu vaccine that has um, is made in the viruses, four viruses, including H1N1. These are all viruses that cause upper respiratory infections. So our governments and their governments, some of these governments went out and said, oh, get the flu shot. You don't. All right, number three, this is more of a statement, but coronavirus attacks the lower respiratory system while flu attacks the upper respiratory system. Coronaviruses, it's the dry cough, it's fibrosis of the lungs, that, that lung disease that you show that, that is shown by the x-ray, that's a traditional pneumonia. There are lots of things that cause it. The, the coronaviruses can cause diarrhea, but the primary cause of the pathology right now is the upper respiratory infections. So regardless of whether you use, you say influenza or other things, the absolute wrong thing to do um, is to vaccinate with anything because all any of the pneumonia vaccines they they are not preventative they don't prevent infection and, and in the case of the flu vaccine you're actually injecting and in the case of Italy it's a it's a different vaccine that is much stronger as I mentioned it has h1n1 
They're attenuated strains, but they're live strains. So you don't inject an upper respiratory infection when you're trying to fight another virus because your immune system will go in one direction and then you don't have the immunity you need, especially in the vulnerable populations. We've been giving our elderly super dose flu shots, four times the normal shoot flu shot for the last five years. So what is driving infection is a question. And, and I, I need to say it that every flu shot is grown in either bird cells or in the case of the Italian one made in Darby kidney cells which is a dog cell line these birds and dogs carry coronaviruses the virus can be coming from without that is it was injected over the past few years into everyone the viruses don't spread through the air. Um, and in fact, this is what I was saying about the serology testing. I think if we start testing this coronavirus, let's just call it Wuhan flu or COVID-19, um, every year the CDC says 80,000 people die of FLU, the flu, but only less than a thousand of those tests for influenza virus. Yeah. So if we had been testing over the last four, five years, would we be finding 20,000, 30,000, 10,000 coronaviruses as the cause? Along with bacterial pneumonia, respiratory syncytial virus, there are lots of things that yeah. cause the same symptoms. And when we're going to the doctors now, uh, you mentioned not taking it seriously. Um, doctors and nurses in emergency rooms are told to diagnose COVID-19 with, with nothing more than somebody walking in with flu symptoms. This is not COVID-19. And this is the kind of deception that the Centers for Disease Control, the, the WHO and the various governments have been, you know, perpetrating fraud on, on humanity when in fact we have the, the testing that can be done to say really where are pockets of immunity? Where are the most susceptible populations? New York City talking to different friends, doctors, nurses. Um, they're, they're not the death rates. The, the hospitals aren't overwhelmed. There's no reason to shut restaurants and keep people away from each other on the street. Well, the Number four, you, Dr. Judy, link vaccines to coronavirus. And what do you say to countries that have completely shunned Western medicine like Iran and countries like China, where they don't even use Western medicine and prefer other treatments? How do you explain that? And, and yeah, I, I, I don't know what's happening in Iran because I have a lot less. And, and of course, in China, um, for instance, Wuhan is one of the most heavily polluted cities in the world where there's, there's, there's a lot of issues with uh, pollution, with cigarette smoking, with other toxicities to the lung, including I don't know how many 5G towers went up in the last year. These are all things that activate expression of viruses, um, spraying with glyphosate. Um, and 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 things of Roundup. When you when you um, threaten an animal's home, they express. And I'm talking about you know again. I said all animals carry coronaviruses. Dogs, um, you know, bats. The 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 whatever are the middle hosts. And, and of course, in, in all of the cell cultures and vaccines we're doing, it's not just two things. We've been, Pediorix has Vero monkey kidney cells, and that is one of the cell lines that 
our government and the Chinese government admitted that they were working in that cell line at Fort Detrick in Frederick, Maryland, the USAMRID, where I worked in, in the middle 90s with Ebola, and you culture these viruses in cells. So I can't really explain what's happening there, but in China, there are other things driving lung pathogenesis. So you become more, yes, it spreads through the air. I didn't say it didn't, but it doesn't sit on surfaces for weeks. Yeah. And, and, and it can easily be de decontaminated with UV lights, which is what we've always done in our labs for these kinds of RNA viruses. You simply put UV lights on the surfaces. This could and should be done in hospitals. Yes, I don't disagree with you that nosocomial spread, that's through hospitals, through sick people who are less able to develop immunity. But again, in Italy, um, I don't know about Iran, but Italy has like 200 beds there. Their hospitals were overwhelmed before there was a coronavirus, a pandemic. They have great social medical infrastructure problems. All right, the last question for the other interviewer is, I'm not a fan of 5G or glyphosate. You know, that's what a lot of us refer to as Roundup. Is there anything that connects the two to the coronavirus? Glyphosate and Roundup spraying. Um, absolutely, glyphosate destroys intracellular glutathione. So these coronaviruses and, and the viruses in general, they do their damage because they overwhelm with oxidative stress. So it's the, the what we call the free radical damage. And um, of course, 5G does free radical damage. That is, you know, cells have unpaired electrons, you know, uh, again, things like chemtrails, all of these things, ozone, plutonium, flying in planes over the ozone layer, you're getting hammered with plutonium. So energy absolutely activates the expression of all viruses, RNA viruses, and, and it's the active of the expression and this happens in the animal ecosystems in the environment when you're spraying the streets you're crippling the animal's ability to silence the virus and the virus becomes expressed in the food in the feces a latent virus doesn't spread so glyphosate destroys intracellular glutathione and if that's our primary defense against oxidative stress so everybody's walking around with a deficiency um eating a lot of gmo foods and processed foods and of course in a situation like this the stress gets to be more and more stress will activate viruses and yeah. then you will all right number three this is more of a statement but coronavirus attacks the lower respiratory system while flu attacks the upper respiratory system off them. Not. Coronaviruses, it's the dry cough, it's fibrosis of the lungs, that, that lung disease that you show that, that is shown by the x-ray, that's a traditional pneumonia. There are lots of things that cause it. The, co the coronaviruses can cause diarrhea, but the primary cause of the pathology right now is the upper respiratory infections. So regardless of whether you use, you say, influenza or other things, the absolute wrong thing to do um, is to vaccinate with anything because all any of the pneumonia vaccines they they are not preventative they don't prevent infection and, and in the case of the flu vaccine you're actually injecting and in the case of Italy it's a it's a different vaccine that is much stronger as I mentioned it has h1n1 they're attenuated strains but they're live strains 
so you don't inject an upper respiratory infection when you're trying to fight another virus because your immune system will go in one direction and then you don't have the immunity you need, especially in the vulnerable populations. We've been giving our elderly super dose flu shots, four times the normal shoot flu shot for the last five years. So what is driving infection is a question. And, and I, I need to say it that every flu shot is grown in either bird cells or in the case of the Italian one, made in Darby kidney cells, which is a dog cell line. These birds and dogs carry coronaviruses. The virus can be coming from without. That is, it was injected over the past few years into everyone. The viruses don't spread through the air. Um, and in fact, this is what I was saying about the serology testing. I think if we start testing this coronavirus, let's just call it Wuhan flu or COVID-19, um, every year the CDC says 80,000 people die of FLU, the flu, but only less than a thousand of those test for influenza virus. Yeah. So if we had been testing over the last four, five years, would we be finding 20,000, 30,000, 10,000 coronaviruses as the cause? Along with bacterial pneumonia, respiratory syncytial virus, there are lots of things that yeah. cause the same symptoms. And when we're going to the doctors now, uh, you mentioned not taking it seriously, um, doctors and nurses in emergency rooms are told to diagnose COVID-19 with, with nothing more than somebody walking in with flu symptoms. This is not COVID-19. And this is the kind of deception that the Centers for Disease Control, the, the WHO and the various governments have been, you know, perpetrating fraud on, on humanity. When in fact, we have the, the testing that can be done to say, really, where are pockets of immunity? Where are the most susceptible populations? New York City, talking to different friends, doctors, nurses, um, they're, they're not the death rates. The, the hospitals aren't overwhelmed. There's no reason to shut restaurants and keep people away from each other on the street. And, and yeah, I, I, I don't know what's happening in Iran because I have a lot less. And, and of course, in China, um, for instance, Wuhan is one of the most heavily polluted cities in the world where there's, there's, there's a lot of issues with uh, pollution, with cigarette smoking, with other toxicities to the lung, including I don't know how many 5G towers went up in the last year. These are all things that activate expression of viruses, um, spraying with glyphosate. Um, and 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 things of Roundup. When you when you um, threaten an animal's home, they express. And I'm talking about you know again. I said all animals carry coronaviruses. Dogs, um, you know, bats, the 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 whatever are the middle hosts. And, and of course, in in all of the cell cultures and vaccines we're doing, it's not just two things. We've been Pediorix has Vero monkey kidney cells, and that is one of the cell lines that 
our government and the Chinese government admitted that they were working in that cell line at Fort Detrick in Frederick, Maryland, the USAMRID, where I worked in, in the middle 90s with Ebola, and you culture these viruses in cells. So I can't really explain what's happening there, but in China, there are other things driving lung pathogenesis. So you become more, yes, it spreads through the air. I didn't say it didn't, but it doesn't sit on surfaces for weeks. Yeah. And, and, and it can easily be de decontaminated with UV lights, which is what we've always done in our labs for these kinds of RNA viruses. You simply put UV lights on the surfaces. This could and should be done in hospitals. Yes, I don't disagree with you that nosocomial spread, that's through hospitals, through sick people who are less able to develop immunity. But again, in Italy, um, I don't know about Iran, but Italy has like 200 beds there. Their hospitals were overwhelmed before there was a coronavirus, a pandemic. They have great social medical infrastructure problems. Yeah. For instance, um, glyphosate and Roundup spraying. Um, absolutely, glyphosate destroys intracellular glutathione. So these coronaviruses and, and the viruses in general, they do their damage because they overwhelm with oxidative stress. So it's the, the what we call the free radical damage. And um, of course, 5G does free radical damage. That is, you know, cells have unpaired electrons, you know, uh, again, things like chemtrails, all of these things, ozone, plutonium, flying in planes over the ozone layer, you're getting hammered with plutonium. So energy absolutely activates the expression of all viruses, RNA viruses, and, and it's the active of the expression and this happens in the animal ecosystems in the environment when you're spraying the streets you're crippling the animal's ability to silence the virus and the virus becomes expressed in the food in the feces a latent virus doesn't spread so glyphosate destroys intracellular glutathione and if that's our primary defense against oxidative stress so everybody's walking around with a deficiency um, eating a lot of gmo foods and processed foods and of course in a situation like this the stress gets to be more and more stress will activate viruses and yeah. then you will cough Hi, uh, Dr. Judy. So one of the questions I had was, isn't the, uh, I think I've heard you say in the past that the flu vaccine actually increases the likelihood of getting coronavirus or something like 36%. They found there's a 36% chance, uh, higher Correct. correlation between that. Now, can you kind of get into the flu vaccine and what, you know, sure. for me, I mean, I sort of think that that out of all the vaccines, you know, again, not health advice here, but I personally think that that's one of right. the bigger scams that it doesn't really even work. It gives seniors, uh, Certain types of Alzheimer's. Or, uh, I mean, what have, what have you seen with the flu vaccine in particular? Well, so the the pain came to mind was that it see uh, of course the influenza vaccine is at least three RNA viruses. So the RNA coronavirus is an RNA virus. They're different virus families, but RNA viruses affect your immune response, your type one interferon pathway, your inflammatory cytokine danger associated molecular patterns, it's called. These are all downstream immune responses where if 
you know, virus gets into your system, you literally have cells and responses in Pac-Man, which chew up these sequences because they say, no, 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 uh, you know, nucleic acid from our viruses isn't supposed to be in your cells. So there, there's patterns that your immune system recognizes and they cross over in the families. So one of the things, it's called viral interference. Usually a flu, uh, 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 another virus infection will generate a, an immunity that would protect you against, let's just say, the COVID-19 um, or the corona, SARS um, coronavirus too, because COVID-19 means infectious disease and that doesn't satisfy Hill's correlates. And we could talk about that later. But at any rate, for the SARS coronavirus, um, that paper that was published in late um, 2019 says, rather than interference, rather than helping an immune response against another RNA virus, which can happen, what it actually does is promote the expression of coronaviruses. So it actually inhibits your ability. And yes, if you got that flu vaccine, your 36% chance of getting an infection and not mount and, and and developing some kind of disease symptoms. And of course, it's again, in the elderly, um, they, in the last five years, we've been, and, and it's the royal we, you know, hammering them with, with flu vaccines and Prevnar, Prevnar 23 at the same time, which is a pneumonia vaccine. That, that one is not a live attenuated viral vaccine, but it's got 23 different microbial antigens that are intended to protect against microbial pneumonias. This is a pneumonia. This is a, a primarily a lung infection, and that's where the most damage is done. So Now, do you think the government's worst, trying, now, do you think they're the trying to use this as about a... about that uh, is the aluminum. Now, I see the government using this as an excuse that the, uh, you know, the response from the government is going to be way more dangerous than the coronavirus. Or, uh, you know, where do you see things going? Mandatory vaccinations? Uh, they're just going to try right. to demonize anybody? That's I mean, I think the agenda, this is way worse. You know, this this is another flu. Serious? Yes. In the most vulnerable? Yes. But the government has made it way worse. Um, and, and by not doing the right testing... Um, by locking down in the fear and how we're driving the well, so the, the paper that for that first tell you how much damage it does to somebody's immune response um, to think they're not going to make any money and they can't and and what are they going to do when they can't pay their rent these are the people walking around putting you know that that are putting people at risk as far as second infections yes we always get other corona infections but if you're immune and if you've developed immunity to that or to different strains, there's a crosstalk in that immunity that says you will get a lesser disease next time. That's the that's most of our vaccines, not that they prevent infection, but that you they ameliorate disease. So the idea behind the flu vaccine, why do we get it every year? Oh yeah, they're different strains. But if you've ever had the flu or you've ever had a vaccination, you've got 50% protection. You you, if you're reasonably healthy, you almost certainly will not die or get serious disease from that second infection. So, of course, we get infected and exposed to things all the time, and that's why we have an immune system to respond. Okay. Now, one of the other things I heard uh, about this is that it could actually decrease male fertility. And this is sort of the last, last question I want to talk about today would be, uh, have you seen any evidence to suggest that uh, 
you know, guys who end up getting coronavirus, that there is decreased fertility. And that is something that I've seen uh, a few articles, but I'm not a doctor, so I'm not sure. Uh, I, uh, Dr. Rossetti and I talked about that this morning. And, and as, as a hypothetical, we, we usually go for an hour long walk on the beach every morning and, and, and talk about the latest events. And we don't see any evidence for that. Um, there's, there's no, um, you know, a uh, good evidence that it has any effect. And, and in fact, it's far too early for an infection that's literally been around for, um, you know, according to the government for a year or two to be able to assess um, fertility issues. Now, we we know that um, we know that, uh, you know, the, the chicken pox if you acquired it, you know, if you got the chicken box vaccine and actually it's not, um, it's not, it doesn't develop immunity. So you're more at risk for fertility issues if you're getting exposed to chicken pox later on and, um, or, or are vaccinated with the shingles vaccine, which is the same virus and, and essentially the same epitope. So once it's latent and dormant, I think that's the most important thing, latent and dormant in your body. And, and, and how long has it been latent and dormant? And, and, and what do you do to wake up these sleeping giants rather than protect your immune system, keep them asleep and allow your immune system to, to do its job? So there's no real evidence to show it has any effect on fertility. And that would take years down the line. Okay. And I guess, you know, this is closing up here. You know, uh, Tony Fauci, uh, you know, do you think he's a good, good guy, bad guy? Uh, you know, what? Uh, oh, I sort of absolutely bad guy. Absolutely bad guy. And I, and I think the evidence is pretty clear. Um, every two years, um, Tony Fauci ro rolls out another um, pandemic or, or scares the American people in order to in order to push forward an agenda that really has nothing to do with the public health, more for vaccination, more for covering up CDC Centers for Disease Control fraud with with, with the respect to um, you know vaccines causing or not causing autism. So you remember in 2014 that was when the Ebola virus escaped from probably Fort Detrick and killed 21,000 Liberians. Similar similar story, but one of the doctors got infected. Good old fashioned medicine like I'm talking about today healed him. And of course they flew, Tony Fauci stood next to Obama as they flew him in the plane and everybody's all gowned up and to the CDC so that they could divert everybody's attention away from the William Thompson confession that they, the paper they published saying vaccines didn't, MMR didn't cause autism was in fact fraud that they, they admitted to and, and William Thompson, the so-called whistleblower admitted to for more than 20 years. So Fauci, absolutely bad guy. He knows enough immunology to know that the flu vaccine and those interference studies, I, he knows that what should be doing is an antibody test to see in fact if half the population is immune and could actually go back to work and protect the rest of the country who may be more susceptible. And can't those to tests be done for like $6 or there's, because I know that there's some really intrusive Correct. tests that they have, but there's other tests that are, uh, I, I guess, where it's a lot easier. So, so they do have tests that are pretty easy to get, but is there, isn't there also government regulations that, pre that prevent us from being able to get those tests as well? Or uh, they're uh, trying to stop people. They from did. The ones. FDA prevented it, just as you know, they prevented us from getting the Plaquenil, the hydroxychloroquine, the anti-malarial drug, which is 
uh, which has, is on the World Health Organization list of essential medicine for more than 70 years. And Fauci and the FDA said those studies were anecdotal, meaning that's storytelling in a few people. So, so yes, the testing was delayed. And to this day, they still won't let you use that rapid. I text you the identification. It's posted on our website of that test. Yes, it's approved. It's, it's validated and it can be done for $6 and it shows you if you have an antibody. Antibody um, and, you're, and, uh, and you, you've definitely been exposed and you are immune by definition. If you made an antibody, you're immune. So you're, you're putting no one at risk. If you don't have an antibody, it's not that you haven't been exposed. If you could have an immune deficiency, but that test, the antibody test should be confirming every single positive as we did in HIV. You don't just tell somebody where you pulled sequences out of their nose, they've been infected with a virus. That's ridiculous. You confirm that with a backup. Those tests exist and they've known that for the last year and to not use them is criminal. Now, where, where can we get one of these? Not use them as criminal. Now, where, where can we get one of these six-dollar tests? And because I, I do, I have to go to the doctors to get it, or can I? And I, know you, I know you're not advertising, you're not selling this or anything, but I think I, I think I think there's at least a 70, 80 percent chance that I had coronavirus when I was flying J January second, got super sick for about two weeks. Uh, my my kids had different symptoms where we thought they had pink eye. Then we did all the tests; they didn't have pink eye. That was a precursor. Right. My wife got way more sick than I did. I was just like, like had the shakes, you know, out here in Arizona for like two or three days, really bad. I never I never get sick. It actually was probably one of the easiest illnesses I've ever had. But I remember commenting on the time that this was like the weirdest illness I've ever had. And so I so I would like to get tested. Just not that I'm really super super worried about this, but to see, uh, you know, if I have those antibodies. So then. That way I could be even less worried about it. So, Well, exactly. Well, and actually, you can, this is your story. I've heard from literally families and people around the world. Oh, yeah, last year, last year. So that test, I, I text you a link to that text right before we came okay. on the air. Yep. And, and um, I. I but yes that's exactly the test you should do because story to story to story maybe we're all immune and maybe none of us should be worrying because and then we could protect the sickest who are compromised who don't make antibodies that's what we could be focused on as a country and and not the fear and not the lockdown so you could go back to work so the immune so your family can rest assured and 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 then everybody stays healthier. So that's exactly the stories we're hearing around the world. How do you know it's not? If it had been a year ago, you would have been diagnosed with a good a good place to leave off here, you know, especially that, you know, people should be focused on staying healthy. It's always about, you know, keeping everybody in fear, which then, you know, heightens all their stress, which then, you know, makes them more susceptible to getting sick in the first place, which right. then makes them think about getting sick and then creates this whole right big cycle. So, you know, there's no real you know, emphasis on, you know, why don't people take, uh, you know, colloidal silver? Why don't they take, you know, different vitamin C? And why don't they eat a, you know, a health, have a healthy lifestyle? And why don't they do things to boost their immunity? I feel like that's always, that's always been forgotten. Everything is about how do we attack these symptoms? And, uh, you know, right. I want to say that Luke and I are not medical doctors. Luke is much more, uh, you know, concerned about all this than, than I am. Uh, but I am out here in Arizona and sort of live a quarantine lifestyle where I just do YouTube videos and walk around my neighborhood and don't get out too much anyway. So, uh, 
you know, whereas, you know, Luke was in New York City, so obviously much, much, I would be, I would be scared too if I was surrounded by, uh, you know, uh, you know, everyone, everyone in New York City as well. But no, we definitely appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you, Dr. Judy. And where can, where can people find out more about your work uh, if they wanted to see what, what you have going yeah. on? People can find us at plaguethebook.com, P-L-A-G-U-E, thebook.com. And we also posted the link to that antibody test of corruption I'm ho holding up right here. Um, oh, wait, hold on just we... one second. I had, I had it on the screen, so can you hold that back up? And so, you got to say yeah. something now. This is Plague of Corruption. Cool. Right. And our first, our first book was called Plague, and that's right here. And, and the new introductory material talks about Tony Fauci and that what we discussed in that broad. So grab Plague and you'll see the uh, introduction to the paperback was what I learned between the time the hardback came out of that. Both books and, and as much as many links to re recent talks in healthcare are found at PlagueTheBook.com. If you write me there, um, all of the hardback came out of that. Both books and, and as much as many links to re recent talks in healthcare found at plaguethebook.com. If you write me there, um, all of the emails come directly to my mailbox and I'll answer. The hardback came out of that. Both books and, and as much as many links to re recent talks in healthcare found at plaguethebook.com. If you write me there, um, all, um, all of the emails come directly to my mailbox and I'll answer you. Even, even Tony Fauci, enough, he answers you. So, anyway, but no, we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Dr. Judy, and, uh, and uh, thank you for everything you do. Take care.